Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, is the Good Shepherd. He tells us that explicitly in the Gospel of John, chapter 10, verse 11. But the decisive question is, is Jesus my Good Shepherd? To call Jesus the Good Shepherd is to say something objective about Jesus and about his identity. To say that Jesus is my Good Shepherd is to say something about my own personal relationship with him. Jesus is the Good Shepherd, whether I follow him or not. However, he is only my Good Shepherd if I make the personal decision to live my life as his disciple. And to be one of the Lord's sheep, to be truly a member of his flock, I must have the intention of being obedient to him in all things, not just a few things, not just some things, all things. There's an old saying that some of our Protestant brothers and sisters use, and there's a lot of truth in it. They often say, if Jesus isn't Lord of all, in other words, of all in my life, then he's not Lord at all. If Jesus isn't Lord of all, then he's not Lord at all. So I ask you this morning, is Jesus Christ your Lord, your Good Shepherd, in your response to the death of Osama bin Laden? On the basis of what I've been hearing and reading in recent days, I think that's a very difficult question for many Christians to answer. For example, I've listened to certain commentators in the media, men and women who identify themselves as Christians and whose opinions I normally agree with, but I've heard these men and women spewing the kind of venom, the kind of hatred that you'd normally expect to hear from somebody like Osama bin Laden. Is that what we've come to in the United States in the year 2011? Have we descended to bin Laden's level in all of this? I certainly hope not. That having been said, what is the proper Christian perspective on this issue? The perspective of someone who can honestly call Jesus Christ my Good Shepherd. Well, let me begin by saying that a true Christian can and should, I believe, support how our troops acted in this situation. God bless those courageous men who were a part of that very dangerous mission in Pakistan. However, we should not support what they did because this was a case of getting even with an evil man. Rather, as Christians, we should support what they did because their actions helped to protect and defend innocent human lives. Innocent lives here in the United States and really throughout the world. I think you could make the very good case that if they had tried to take bin Laden alive, as some are suggesting they should have, they would have put their own lives and the lives of many other people in grave danger. 
Here, my brothers and sisters, we need to understand the teaching of the Catholic Church concerning the fifth commandment, which of course is, thou shalt not kill. I highly encourage you to read the relevant section of the New Catechism of the Catholic Church, this section on the fifth commandment, in its entirety sometime in the near future. It would be well worth your while to do that. In that section of the Catechism, the Church makes an important distinction, and we need to be aware of it. The Church distinguishes between the taking of innocent human life, which is always forbidden, that's why abortion and euthanasia are both wrong. But the Church distinguishes between that and dealing an unjust aggressor, someone, in other words, who's trying to attack and kill you, a lethal blow. Taking an innocent human life is never, ever right. But dealing an unjust aggressor, which Bin Laden certainly was, a lethal blow is sometimes morally permissible. Let me quote to you now a few important lines from the Catechism itself. In paragraph 2264 it says this, The legitimate defense of persons and societies is not an exception to the prohibition against the murder of the innocent that constitutes intentional killing. Then in the next paragraph it says, Love toward oneself remains a fundamental principle of morality. Did you know that? It's not bad to love yourself. In fact, Jesus said, love your neighbor as you love yourself. So you have to have some self-love. It can be excessive, of course, where you make yourself the center of the universe, but there is a healthy kind of self-love, and that's what the Catechism is referring to here. Love toward oneself remains a fundamental principle of morality. Therefore, it is legitimate to insist on respect for one's own right to life. Someone who defends his life is not guilty of murder, even if he is forced to deal his aggressor a lethal blow. And finally, in paragraph 2265, it says, Legitimate defense can be not only a right, but a grave duty for the one responsible, or for one who is responsible, for the lives of others. The defense of the common good requires that an unjust aggressor be rendered unable to cause harm. For this reason, those who legitimately hold authority also have the right to use arms to repel aggressors against the civil community entrusted to their responsibility. And so, my brothers and sisters, the most loving thing, the most loving thing that those soldiers could have done for their brothers and sisters in the free world was exactly what they did. Render this unjust aggressor incapable of doing any more evil. In fact, some might even try to make the case that this was the most loving thing that they could have done for Osama bin Laden himself. But none of this justifies hatred toward bin Laden or toward anyone else. There's where we have to draw the line as Christians if Jesus Christ is truly to be our personal good shepherd. And so, can we hate what Osama bin Laden did? in orchestrating the deaths of so many innocent people here in our own country and in other parts of the world. Yes, we can hate what he did. 
And well we should. It was despicable. Can we be angry about it? Yes, we should be angry at every gross moral evil in the world. Can we be happy about the fact that he will no longer be able to carry out his murderous missions here in the United States and in other places on this planet? Yes, we can be. And we should be happy about that. And yet, at the very same time, we must love and forgive. Which, of course, is not easy. But it is possible with the grace of Almighty God. We need to do these things, first of all, because Jesus Christ, the Good Shepherd, told us we have to. And if he is our Good Shepherd, we have to obey him, as I said earlier, in all things. And two of the things Jesus said were, love your enemies and forgive as you have been forgiven. And secondly, we need to do these things because if we don't, unforgiveness and hatred will eat us up. From the inside out. And eventually turn us into the very kind of monsters that we say we detest. Of course, in fulfilling these commandments of Jesus, we need to understand what it means, what it really means to love and to forgive other people. There are many misconceptions about these issues floating out there, even among Christians. To love another person does not mean to ignore his or her sins or to dispense with justice. To love means to desire the good for another person. And the greatest good that we can possibly desire for bin Laden or for anybody else is eternal life, heaven. Now, if someone like bin Laden was to attain eternal life, he'd need to come to terms with all the evil that he did during his life as a terrorist. And he'd need to do that before he died. He'd need to experience true sorrow and even remorse for the innocent lives he destroyed, for the families he ruined, and for the hatred he inspired in other people. So that's my prayer for this man. I very sincerely pray in love that he finally, at some point before he died, came to terms with his heinous crimes against humanity. I pray, I sincerely pray that he repented of them genuinely and sought the mercy of God. Now let me tell you, if that did happen, that was the most unpleasant experience of Osama bin Laden's life. The most horrific experience of his life. When someone engages in diabolical activity like this and finally faces the reality of what they've done, it can be overwhelming. But, of course, the pain of that experience definitely beats the eternal pains of hell. And what about forgiveness for bin Laden and for our other enemies? To forgive means to let go of an offense. That's what forgiveness means, to let go of an offense. But it does not mean that we're supposed to completely forget about justice in our relationship with that other person. Not at all. 
For example, if I steal $10 from you, you can forgive me, and hopefully you will forgive me. But you still have every right to demand that I give you your $10 back. That's justice, after all. And please also understand, my brothers and sisters, my forgiveness of someone does not automatically make things right between that person and Almighty God. Uh-uh. If you do something terrible to me, and I forgive you for it, but you are not truly sorry for your sin, you are not off the hook, so to speak, with the Lord. Not by any stretch of the imagination. So, forgiving a mass murderer like Osama bin Laden does not automatically exonerate him of all his sins before God. Doesn't get him off the hook. Rather, it gets us off the hook by keeping unforgiveness and hatred out of our hearts. And it keeps us from becoming hateful people ourselves. I come back now at the end to the question I asked at the beginning. Is Jesus Christ your Lord, your personal Good Shepherd in your response to the death of Osama bin Laden. I pray that for each and every one of us the answer is a sincere and an obedient yes. <laughs>